So if God is all of these things, if he's all of these characteristics that make God, God, that makes source, source, if source has these eternal, omnipotent, omnipresent, and infinite qualities, then how does that translate to you and I sitting here in this moment today, having this discussion now in this reality? What is the formula or mechanism that dilutes the infinite source to the finite experience of reality that we're having right now? Right, here we are, and you've made it to season three of Daily Neville. I am your host, Josiah Brandt, and Daily Neville is all about breaking down the teachings of Neville Goddard, making them easy to understand, easy to digest, easy to apply to your everyday life in 20 minutes or less. Now, this is season three of Daily Neville, and this is episode one of season three. And if you haven't had a chance to check out season one and two, they lay an excellent foundation because in season three, we are going to go deeper. Season one, we covered Neville's book, The Power of Awareness which was an incredible deep dive into Neville's basic thesis. Season two is about Neville's redefinition of the word prayer, his 1945 book titled Prayer, the Art of Believing. And for season three, we are going to dive into Neville's book titled Your Faith is Your Fortune. Now, this book is a deep dive. It is a lot of chapters. It is going to be multiple episodes. And I encourage you to stick with me for this entire season of Daily Neville because there are so many gems to be surfaced here. And to give a little bit of context for this book, I'm going to refer back to a book by a different author named Israel Rigardi. Now, Israel Rigardi was a contemporary of Neville's. I believe he was about two years younger than Neville and traveled in a lot of the similar spaces, even though he was primarily based in England. He traveled in a lot of the similar metaphysical spaces and was an occultist and a ceremonial magician and definitely a very enthusiastic student of metaphysics. And Israel Rigardi wrote and published a book titled The Romance of Metaphysics. And in that book, he had a whole chapter dedicated to Neville because he saw Neville as being one of the preeminent metaphysicians of the era. And so he wrote basically a, a portrait of Neville from a journalistic perspective. And while I do intend to go over this entire portrait at a later date, uh, for this episode one, I'm going to zoom right into the part of this book where Israel speaks specifically about Neville's book, Your Faith is Your Fortune. And this is going to serve as our introduction to this book, Your Faith is Your Fortune by Neville Goddard. So this is Israel Gardy writing in The Romance of Metaphysics in the portion of the book dedicated to a portrait of Neville. And this is what he says. He says, the book, Your Faith is Your Fortune, attempts at the outset to present the supreme problem with which all philosophies, religious or otherwise, are confronted. If God is infinite, omnipresent, eternal, and omnipotent, how does he bring that world into being? And what part does that world play so far as he is concerned? So if God is all of these things, if he's all of these characteristics that make God, God, that makes source, source, if source has these eternal, omnipotent, omnipresent, and infinite qualities, then how does that translate to you and I sitting here in this moment today, having this discussion now in this reality? What is the formula or mechanism that 
dilutes the infinite source to the finite experience of reality that we're having right now. Israel continues, Christian theology based upon the Bible attempts to solve that by a miraculous creation from nothing. God created the world and everything in it, and that is that. Insofar as Neville is influenced by the Bible and Christian teaching, he follows more or less the same miraculous theme, adapting it, however, to his particular conception of God. Israel quotes Neville, he says, The world is your consciousness objectified. That's the quote from Neville, and Israel says this relates equally to the original creation of the world as it does to the constant renewal and creation of our own particular worlds. The conceiver and the conception are one, but the conceiver is greater than his conception. Okay, so let's break that apart just for a second here. The world is your consciousness objectified. Now, this is everyone is yourself pushed out. It's another way of saying that. And everyone is yourself pushed out, or it's abbreviated to E-I-Y-P-O, is really gaining a lot of traction and, and been explored in a lot of tremendous depth in Neville communities. And in some cases, it is a source of much curiosity, and in some cases, a, a source of much consternation, because it it's really is a key to these teachings. And to understand everyone is yourself pushed out is really to understand this secret of how the infinite becomes the mortal. Like, what is that formula that that dilutes source to the reality that we're having now? And it's, you know, source pushing itself out to experience a world. So what Israel is saying here is that Neville is taking this, you know, God in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and that's that. And he's applying it to his own conception of God, which is saying that the conceiver and the conception are one. So he's saying, you know, the world is your consciousness objectified. That's the same thing as saying God created the heavens and the earth. And, and that was that, you know, in the beginning. Neville is saying, you know, this is your consciousness objectified. So consciousness is the only reality. There is only consciousness. And whatever you're experiencing right now is the objectification of your consciousness. The conceiver and the conception are one, but the conceiver is greater than the conception. So the the conception, which is you and I and this world that we share, is we are one with our source, but the source is greater, meaning unlimited, whereas we are experiencing a limitation. Source is greater than I. This is also, to really bring it full circle here, this is I and my father are one, but my father is greater than I, which is what Jesus was famous, the claim he was famous for making. You see me, you've seen the father. Continuing with Israel's words here, God is the conceiver and the whole of creation is his conception. Naturally, God is greater than his conception, which though part of him and of his own substance is yet identical with him. In the beginning was the unconditioned awareness of being, and the unconditioned awareness of being became conditioned by imagining itself to be something. And the unconditioned awareness of being became that which it imagined itself to be. So did creation begin. In the beginning was the unconditioned awareness of being. So I just want to break that down real quick. So awareness of being is simple awareness. If That's I am. So before you're aware of anything, you're simply aware. But the mere fact that we have awareness, that is our consciousness. Now, this is probably not a foreign concept to any of you who have, who have studied in any measure 
metaphysics. This is really, we're at the root and essence and core of the whole idea. And also it's very important to really get roots laid in this idea, really lay our roots in this idea of I am and really understand it. So we have an awareness and that awareness of being that is our source. In this particular instance, I am aware, I am the name of God, aware of. So I am a point of presence of the name of God, aware of being a man, Josiah Brandt. That's my identity. I have created from the whole vast treasure house of eternity, a conception of myself that is Josiah Brandt. And I am experiencing being Josiah Brandt. Now I'm using myself as an example, but this is true for every single one of you. Every single one of you is infinite source conceiving yourself to be a human, conceiving a human to be one of the potential probabilities or possibilities of what a human could be is you as in your identity. And so you are awareness of being or source conceiving the idea of a human with your identity and then choosing to be one with that human identity. So this is the conceiver, I am, creating a conception. So this is like conceiving an idea or a concept, but this could also be the same as like conceiving a baby, conceiving a child or conceiving an idea. There's there's kind of this act of creation element to it as well. A concept or a conception. There's elements of both to this idea. Source is conceiving or creating a conception in the mind of God because this is, we're all living in the mind of God. This is all a dream that we're having in the mind of God. And that conception is your identity. It's more than your identity, but I'm really just narrowing it down to your identity because really it's a universe and a solar system and a set of planets and earth and then all of the systems and, and features of earth and all of the, the life on earth and then a form, you know, a, a, a multidimensional uh, you know, physical form consisting of, of trillions of cells that is a human being and then source being that human, right? So it's just human until it's human being and then that's source being human. And so then out of all of that, there's now all the possibilities that come out of that, if that's your if that's your source, conceiving, one of those is is you and one of those is me. And so now source is who's playing all of the parts, slips in behind the eyes, you know, right, right in that sacred part of the brain that we all probably know about. If you've studied metaphysics and you understand neurobiology to some extent, you know that there's the body is a temple. And the holy of holies is that special part of the brain. A lot of people would, would call it the seat of consciousness, the seat of awareness itself. And so source has sat down in that seat of awareness in the temple and is piloting around these bodies as an independent point of awareness to have experiences and to know itself because it's like source could be anything but it's conceiving itself as this so now let's explore this and that's that's this world that we're all in this is the mind of god and we're exploring the mind of god as god through the eyes of god through the eyes of of man of humans i hope that's illuminating for you because I think really what we just did is we really just broke down the puzzle pieces of exactly what I am is and exactly what source is and this whole idea of, of conception, conceiving, and you know the conceiver and the conception being one, 
and yet the conceiver being greater than the conception. We're going to continue here with Israel's words. So he's quoting Neville, and I'm going to read that one more time. In the beginning was the unconditioned awareness of being, and the unconditioned awareness of being became conditioned by imagining itself to be something. Side note, that something could be, again, you and I. And the unconditioned awareness of being became that which it imagined itself to be, you and I, and so did creation begin. This quotation from one of his pamphlets titled, Before Abraham, I Was, and that's also the first chapter of Your Faith is Your Fortune, really sets forth in a nutshell the whole of Neville's teaching. Implicit in this single sentence is contained everything that he believes in. In conversation with him and in his writing, he states, restates, and emphasizes this concept in a dozen different ways with all the fluency and eloquence and feeling at his disposal. The rest of his teaching is merely explanatory of and dilatory upon this one fact. Now, I'm going to add a little subtext here, and I'm going to point out that Israel is writing this book about Neville when Neville is young in his career. Neville has really only just begun teaching the law and knows nothing of the promise by Neville's own admission. He knows nothing of the promise. So the, you know, the law is the beginning. The promise is a whole, we'll, we'll get into that a lot more as we go here. But this book, Your Faith is Your Fortune, is going to talk primarily about the law, the law of assumption. So Neville's 36, still a very young man, and it really at the, at the beginning of his career, and is, is going to lecture for another 25 years after the conclusion um, uh, that of, of Israel's writings here. Continuing with Israel's words after giving that subtext. In stating his idea of how the world and everything in it evolved and came into being, we are not to imagine that he's contenting himself with mere metaphysics. Neville is not abstract, nor is he a philosopher. We learn from him nothing new of dialectic, of logical world processes, nor of ontology. He is not interested in expounding an elaborate cosmological theory. Let me emphasize again the fact that he is an artist, and the artist's imagination continuously flows forth into creation and activity. So with Neville. He is preeminently a practical person. It is his fundamental belief that this primal consciousness, a man's unconditioned awareness of being, at once unbounded, unformed, and free, which conceives or imagines itself to be something other than it really is, mirrors itself in our every act and thought, every hour and every minute of every day of our life. Before God could conceive of something other than himself, or fashion within himself some conception or other, he had to first be moved by desire. Hence the emphasis placed upon desire by Neville. For him, it is the Savior and Redeemer. Desire for him is holy and creative, providing the dynamic impetus to the whole of life and living. It is the nature of Godhead, which will save us from our limitations, break open the bars of our prison, and make us whole once more. Quoting Neville, Israel writes, Look upon your desires as the spoken words of God, and every word a prophecy 
of that which you you are capable of being. Do not question whether you are worthy or unworthy to realize these desires, he says. Accept them as they come to you. Give thanks for them as though they were gifts. And again, Neville writes, Every problem automatically produces its solution in the form of a desire to be free from the problem. Thus, we can see the all-important role that desire plays in his system. This is Israel writing again. If the desire is intense enough and can be reinforced by sufficient feeling and reach a high enough voltage, it must necessarily manifest itself objectively. Now, I'm going to break this apart a little bit. So why is the conceiver creating a conception of itself as man? What was the original creative thought? In Neville's cosmology, the original creative thought that caused the infinite, unconditioned awareness of being to create in an act, to create in an act, so to undertake the act of creation. In Neville's cosmology, that was a desire. In Neville's cosmology, this infinite being that we are experienced a desire. Infinite being experienced a desire. And that desire, we can hypothesize or deduce that that desire was to know itself. We as source, infinite unconditioned awareness of being existing eternally. It's a very silent place. If you've visited the void as I have, you've tasted the silence of that place. And the silence of that place can be very lonely infinite blackness. And in that creative soup of the infinite blackness, a thought was originated by I am. And that thought was a desire to know itself. What am I? What am I? Well, I'm infinite, but what am I? Which quickly turns into who am I or what can I be? What am I capable of being? And we know that all of these are infinite answers. There's infinite answers to all of these things. And so the source that we all are said, I want to find out. I have a desire to know what I am capable of being. And that desire was the creative act. That desire was the act of creation that gave birth to this multidimensional universe. It's multidimensional multiverse because there are multiple universes of which we are experiencing one. And this creative act, which gave birth, conception, and ultimately birth to this multiverse, this magnitude of multiverses, leads to you and I sitting here now having this experience. Because this is one of the ways that source or God knows itself. It's through and as you and I living in the mind of God, exploring the mind of God. Exploring eternity, eternal beings dreaming non eternal dreams, infinite immortals living mortal lives. 
This is one of the outpicturings of the mind of God. This is one of the ways that the mind of God explores and knows itself. There's a mystery and a magic to these ideas. And in this moment, I'm feeling very uplifted and inspired by the beauty of what this means for all of us, the beauty of what this means for source, to be able to explore unfettered in this way, that knowing that our root and our source is infinite. And we have all of these possibilities and probabilities at our fingertips and all of the opportunity to explore, all of the opportunity to be, to become in this infinite magical multiverse in which we live. This is just the very beginning. And I hope that you will continue with us as we continue to dive deeper into these ideas. Look forward to seeing you in the next episode of Daily Neville. And until then, imagine wisely, my friends. I'll see you soon.